and welcome to another episode of the Collapsing Game Shelf Podcast, a podcast by a group of uh, gamers with really, way too really many board games. Gamers. Yeah, we're, we're going to be real fast today. I'm Tom, and I'm joined by... Adam, and it's just the two of us. Oh, just baby. the two of us. We've Everybody else has had some sort of combination of needing to, I don't know, do real stuff or, you know, having real lives to deal with. <laughs> they can't do it right now, so... And uh, we haven't been recording for a couple weeks on account of me being breathtakingly ill. I've been I've spent the last two weeks barely being able to talk. So that's 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 part of why why we haven't been around for for the last couple weeks. And we're sorry. We're so sorry. But we're back. And so uh, we're here to regale you and catch up for some lost time. Right. I think I think what we've decided to call this is what the lightning round. So we haven't been recording, but we have been playing games and we've just been playing games online on Board Gamery and we've just been like just a a veritable buffet of random crap. So we're going to try to see how many of these things we get through. Um, Is there one that you want to talk about first? I mean, I I think we should talk about like the first game we played out of this smattering uh, Jiper, very popular two player game plays really fast. Um, I, you know what? I, I'll yeah. take a I'll take a crack at at uh, explaining how this poor this poor guy works. Sure, sure. I've I've got the I've got the back. Of the, I actually own this one. I've oh, got the I'm, back I of the will box shut here. up then. All right, carry it's, on. Well, you you can do the explanation. I'll do the uh, I'll do the 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 thing here. So it's a subtle trading game for two players. Easy to learn, fast to play, and beautifully illustrated. Buy, trade, and sell at better rates than your competitor, and thus become the Maharaja's personal trader. That's it, and it doesn't explain shit. So now you can go. Oh boy! Wow, that was that was great. Um, so the way the way the game works is you start off the game with a with a handful of three cards. I think you start with. Oh god, I'm feeling this already. Um, you you start you start with a couple. I, you start, I, I you start with yeah, a hand yeah. with some cards. You start with some amount of cards, and then what you can do is you can either take cards from the middle, or if you happen to have camels, because camels are good for trading, aren't they? Uh, yep. Yeah, I mean they're they're great. I I love trading my camels for more stuff. Uh, so you 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 can like trade camels from your hand in order to take more than one card from the center market. Uh, there's there's like a tableau of five cards or or something something along those lines um and as you as you slowly like build up your hand you can then turn around and sell cards you can only sell sets of cards and that has to be you'll get a chip oh man i'm really butchering this okay yeah yeah. so scrap this so so when you so when you sell them right like there you have to you have to hand them in in groups and and what happens is that uh depending on the number that you that you sell you'll get a chip because each of there's a bunch of chips in the different colors and they're in stacks and so if you if you hand in like three greens you'll get the top tile for or the top token from the three stack and that will be worth x number of points um as you go higher up into the like higher numbers there's silver gold and and rubies that are also there those ones are there's less tokens so you actually have to hand in like three four or five amounts of uh, of the of the good Uh, whereas with the shittier goods like the leather uh silk and spices uh you can hand in sort of like a one two three four or five amount so 
it's a game about you can either pull something from the middle or you can trade from your hand uh, to to the tableau, uh, which doesn't necessarily have to be camels, but because camels don't really get you anything, that's kind of what they're there for, is uh, is putting into the tableau. If you decide to take the camels, you get to take all of the camels from the tableau and then refill it. So it's sometimes good to be able to just scoop up a bunch of camels, but if you're scooping up a bunch of camels, that means that you're also putting down a bunch of other stuff for the other person to take from you. Um, yeah, and so it's basically these three actions. You take something from the one thing from the middle, you take one thing from the middle, you can trade stuff, which is either goods or camels, or you can trade in for the chips. And um, yeah, and there's a couple other bonuses. So as long as you're handing in higher and higher amounts of these chips, you'll be able to get uh, get, uh, get a few bonuses. Um, this is hard because this is one of those games that I, I played a few times, but I keep fucking up. So there actually isn't marker. I think we butchered that one real bad. I was right with the with the numbers. Or I was right with the, the, the silver, gold, and the ruby, right? Where you have to have three, four, or five. The other ones you can, the way it works is you actually take the number of, so however many you pass in, that's how many tokens you take from the stack. Uh, right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, wow. We're wow. good. This is what happens when you, this is what happens when you try to do these things like two and a half weeks after you've played them. That's true. So anyway, yeah. Summary, uh, you know, take stuff, trade it in, get points, basically. Um, and it's just a two-player game. It's strictly two-player game. Uh, you play three rounds and just sort of do a best of three kind of thing. And yeah, it's quick, it's fun, and it's uh, very easy to understand and play. So yeah, yeah, it's I Jaipur. Think, personally, I, I'd never played Jaipur until we played it online. Um, I now understand why it's it's considered just a kind of a staple at the two-player count. It's easy to learn, um, even though if you listen to our explanation of it, it sounds terribly difficult to learn. Uh, that's just because we really butchered the explanation. So, um, yeah, maybe go watch a video. <laughs> In this point, we're unwilling to go back and fix it. That's right. Yeah. So, so uh, sorry, Rodney, we're looking to you, man. I'm sure you've made a video on Jaipur, but but yeah, definitely like watch a how it's played video. They'll explain it to you better than we we will. Um, end of the day, I actually really enjoyed this and I'm, I'm considering picking up a copy for something for Debbie and I to play two player. Uh, it's fast. It's really fast and it's really clean and like the rules are tight and it just it's fun. It's just a good game. I, I, yeah, I recommend yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's re- it's it's a really good two player game. I mean, it's not really my like you know. I'm all about space lasers and death, but you know, sometimes you 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 just can't get that in the two player count. And uh, you know, this is actually it's a very very good game, and it's also very small. And the tokens are nice, and the colors are bright and vibrant. It's all it's a it's a very nice package. Nice. All right. So I think I think we've done that in approximately five minutes or a little bit longer. So uh, and, and <laughs> oh, the, no. yeah. So so Jaipur, would, are, would you keep it in your collection, or are you going to get rid of it? No, no, I'll keep it around. There's there's almost no games that are like this good that I have that are strictly for two players, and it's one that you can just chuck in and have kicking around in case it's just you and one other person. You can just bust out Jaipur. It's good. Beautiful. I, I could I completely agree with everything you just said. Um, eight out of ten. Okay. Like I, I'm, okay. I'm seriously considering picking it up. Uh, it's nice and it's colorful and it's and it's just it's just a good game. Eight out of ten. Check it out. All right, game two. Ready for this one? Oh, this this one this one is a real. This is probably the opposite about? end of what the do, spectrum. What, we, what, we also, what do we got? Well, I'm just gonna go down the list. The next game we played was was truly terrible, uh, and it was called Dice Tomatoes. <laughs> Dice. I think, I think you're. I think you're being a little harsh, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly my thing. Uh, I mean, like, okay, 
So look, look at this. It, it seriously says a deceptively simple recipe for fun. I did not find it simple, nor did I really find it fun. So I, I've been lied to twice. The deceptive part is correct, though. It was very deceptive. All right. I'll read the first paragraph here from Board Game Geek. Deceptively simple recipe for fun. Enter the inaugural tomato growing competition. Flex your horticultural muscles in the art of growing the red fruit. All sorts of chaos is happening in the garden, so slipping your opponents the less attractive tomato dice or any rotten pieces will most likely go unnoticed. Or will it? Try to out-dice, outsmart, and outscore your opponents. Dice Tomatoes is an abstract game with a subtle tomato theme. I mean, I don't know oh, if it's subtle. God, you could, yeah. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so the way this game works, um, and this is also going to be another butchering, we, because we played this on Board Game Arena, we also sort of learned it on the fly, which is um, simultaneously the most fun way to learn a game, but also the like least effective w- way to learn a game. Um, so basically, you roll a bunch of dice, and then you'll be presented with uh, spots that you can put them on, on like vertically on a vine. So one of the dice ends up going in the middle of this like set of five dice that you have that are growing vertically on, a, on the vine somewhere. And that die that's there is going to be, uh, when you harvest it, is going to be the, the, the point value that you end up putting off to the side. So if you start off your vine with a five, uh, the 5.1 will be the one that you end up pulling over to be your points later on. As you go through the game, you'll be taking dice and you'll be putting them on the vines. And the way it works is that you have to either do them in sets. So in the example that I have a five down, uh, you have to put them all fives or you have to do them in order, you know, five, six, and a four, three, two, that sort of thing. And at some point you're able to harvest them and pull them off. Um, the, the dice, the, the, the facing of the die is what will end up be being the point value. Um, but there is a bonus in, in the event that you are able to match up the, uh, the number on the face of the die with like sort of this, uh, um, with the, with the, space that you're putting it on so if you can put a one on the one you'll get bonus points which makes it worthwhile that you've put the one on the one simple enough um you can also there are ways to uh manipulate the dice so uh there's like this karma system so there's like a little heart off to the side which can go up or down depending on whether you give dice to other people uh if you give dice to other people during your turn and like throw it at them then you get karma added to your to your little uh your little uh, track there and you can use those to sort of move the dice up and down or change the facing and stuff and it all costs a different amount um and in this way you're just going through and rolling dice putting them on your vines handing them to other people to sort of manage this karma thing and sort of just doing that in in you know 20 minutes or whatever and yeah that was essentially dice tomatoes very confusing yeah it wasn't it wasn't uh simple to understand in the in in the way that we tried to learn it that's for goddamn sure Especially since it didn't really seem to have anything to do with tomatoes. So, uh, yeah, very, you know, it's it, them saying that it's an abstract game with a light tomato theme. I mean, I don't know about light. I mean, it's goddamn everywhere, but it doesn't make a ton of sense to me and it doesn't help inform anything in my mind. Yeah, this one, this one, honestly, it just kind of fell flat. And I mean, sure. Admittedly, like Tom said, we were learning it on the fly. I don't I, I know that that didn't assist anything but like it was it was too abstract for me too out there um yeah like it, it says deceptively simple game with light strategy and some take that elements i, I mean i oof, i don't know man i don't know I, i'm not yeah. i'm not into it <laughs> I, I don't like it yeah and i'm usually more uh generous to sort of dice rolling nonsense but like the the theme of it and the just the general like play didn't really excite me all that much 
Um, you know, there is ways to sort of mitigate your situation, but they were kind of confusing to me as to why I'd be, why I would want to be handing people my dice. Um, and so to get karma, yeah, it, I guess. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and also I think it's, you can kind of screw people over by, so if, if you, if you have a three on your vine, one of your vines, and I notice that you're trying to do, I don't know, you're trying to see, and I don't even, I don't even know like what, because everything's rolling dice. I don't even think it makes sense to say like, you have a three. So I put a two on there, which forces you into making a run. Right. Right. Uh, but still that doesn't, I mean, it's all nonsense. So it doesn't really matter because you're just as likely to roll a one, a four and a five anyway, as you are to roll, you know, whatever else you needed or roll the five twos or whatever. Right. Like, yep. so it's kind of weird. And, you know, I didn't really think it was all that great. But yeah, I mean, if you're, if you like dice rolling and abstract games, it's probably one to try, but. Hmm. Are, are you, are you going to rush out and no, get it? No, I wouldn't. No, no, I wouldn't go rush out and get it. If, no, if you had for, it, would you hang on to it? No, because I think like we have Sagrada and Sagrada is just better. Fuck is Sagrada so. good. Jesus, man. Yeah. Sagrada, stellar dice game. And I don't usually like dice, but I love Sagrada. Love, 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 love Sagrada. Dice Tomatoes. Not so much. Not, no. Um, probably, like, man, I don't know. Like a four and a half? Like, I, I just, I have no, there's nothing that makes me want to play this ever again. Like, I just, man, eh, I just, I, I would rather play many, many things. Four and a half. Just not. Four and a half. Not ideal. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Next game on the list. Oh, baby. This one, what we we're back on the good side again. We're, we're going to talk briefly about a really interesting game called Res Arcana. Yeah, this is this is one that's probably not, it sh- probably shouldn't be on lightning round, but, you know, here we are. Well, yeah, I mean, here, we're going to give you the real fast, the real fast Res know. Arcana talk. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we can do real fast. Well, I mean, anyway, it, it, think of we'll it try. Like, all right. All right. I'm here. Here. We're going to we're going to give it a crack here. Uh, Let me see if I if I can find the. I, I don't own it, but let's just see if there's a little blurb. You're going for the real back of the box? I got the Board Game Geek one here. Yeah, I have the Board Game Geek one as well. All right, here we go. It's kind of <clears throat> long, though, right? Well, I'll I'll paraphrase. All right, go for it. All right, prepare yourself. No, prepare your place of power. Not even prepare <laughs> yourself. I'll prepare, prepare yourself your as ass. well, but uh, in a high it's power. To you. And Al- yeah, an alchemist prepares potions using vials filled with otherworldly fluids. In a sacred Ugh. grove, a, du- a druid grinds herbs for a magical ritual. In the catacombs, a necromancer summons a bone dragon. Welcome to the world of Res Arcana. In it, life, death, Elan, mm, calm, and gold are the essences that fuel the art of magic. Uh, also known as white mana, blue mana, green mana. Wait, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Trademark. trademark. Never heard of it. Yeah. Um, choose your mage, gather essences, craft unique artifacts, and use them to summon dragons, conquer places of power, and achieve victory. This game... Really, honestly, in in the look of it, in the the play of it, it felt magic meets Hearthstone in a way. Um, With like not much attacking, like combat is not the not the end game. Correct. Right. Correct. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of interesting. I didn't think of the Hearthstone thing before, but yeah, like because at the beginning of the game, you kind of get to pick your wizard, which is uh, they all come with different powers, which, you know, some of them are like, you know, turn this guy sideways or tap, as I'm going to say from now on, in case you've never heard that before, uh, you know, tap this guy and get, you know, a yellow, right, which is like gold. Oh, it's one of the ways that you can do things, right? And then you also get to pick your like starting equipment or something like that. Kind of, I don't, I don't really remember. You're like your artifact. 
So it's another thing that you kind of start the game with. And then you also have like this weird deck that you just kind of get handed of seemingly random stuff, but you kind of know, you know what's in your deck before you get to pick your guy and your artifacts. You can sort of build stuff around what you have available to you, but you will be gathering more cards as you go. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to trying to see here. And like, yeah, the basic flow of the game is essentially, it was kind of weird online because, I mean, it would probably be just as hard on, or if not harder, uh, in person, considering that, like, you know, Board Game Arena does a good job of steering you in the right direction. But um, basically what you do is, like, at the beginning, you pick... Uh, you get you get to gather all your mana uh, or materials. So you pick up all the stuff from the from the the turn before that you had uh, spent your time preparing you or using cards that get you power that you can use. Um, you also get like a card every turn. And so what you do is you basically go back and forth between you and the other person playing cards down onto your tableau so that you can sort of advance your strategy in a way that you can either get more power or transform power that you already have into other types of power or into points or something like that so that you can continue to execute on your grand scheme, right? And there's a few ways that you can go about it, right? You can take cards that get you points, like you generally trade like death. Ah, You trade death and you get points. There's also like places of power so you can buy those with power and they will be there so that you can generally like put uh, materials on them and they'll just act as points or it can also act as sort of like this, I don't know, uh, storehouse for these things. Um, but yeah, the game's really interesting in this way that it's basically like, like you said, it's Magic the Gathering meets Hearthstone, but with no combat, with yeah. the exception of, there are dragons. You you get dragons and they can, they, but they just take away like the enemy's leftover uh, resources. I mean, when we played, there was usually two or three different ways lying around that you could stop these things from taking your stuff. So, you know, stopping the guy from taking your shit wasn't uncommon. So it's a very similar style to how those games work. You know, there's fucking symbols everywhere and you've got keywords all over the place and none of it makes any sense until like halfway through your first game. It'll all click and you're like, oh, okay, so I do this to get more of the black, which I can turn to the green, and then I can put the green onto the to the card that I have, and that gets me a point every turn. And then it's like whoever gets to 10 points wins, basically. Yep. Um, yeah, and there's just a bunch of cards. I don't know how many there are in the base game, because, again, this isn't a well-researched podcast. No, no. Um, I don't think we saw too many. We played this twice. Yep. Pretty, pretty decent. Pretty, you know, yep. it wasn't quick. It was quick-ish. I guess for two-player games, you can't really go too, too buck-wild. Um, but yeah, so I think there's a, probably a fair number of cards. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to, trying to to see quickly. There's uh, 40 artifact cards, 10 different mages, 10 monuments, which are kind of like the monuments are, are like big point getters or they do powerful things. Um, but they're also extremely difficult to get. Most of them revolve around getting gold pieces and paying for it with gold pieces, um, which are the, the powerful currency. So there's like the four basic, uh, you know, black, green, red, black, green, red, blue. Yes. Black, green, red, blue. Um, those are like the four elements that you can kind of conjure up. And then you can also get gold, which you can, which tends to be more powerful and more rare. Um, there are 
eight magic items. Wow, it, it legitimately does not say. I'm, I'm assuming it's it's somewhere <laughs> in like the 40 artifact cards, 10 mages, 10 monuments, and eight magic items. Yeah, so this is almost the same feeling I get when you talk about playing something like Seasons, right? Sure. Like there's a lot of, there's a decent number of cards, but if you play this five or six times, you're going to see, you know, you're going to get used to the card set. And you'll also be able to build yourself a little bit more of a strategy around what you're doing. Whereas if you're coming into it cold, you're kind of just like, I don't know, let's see what happens. (laughs) You're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall, so to speak. Uh. Yeah, so it's it's not quite the same as having like Magic the Gatherings like, oh, here's 600 cards that you have to think about. Um, But it it does have that same sort of thing where, you know, you're... Yeah, you're playing a fucking wizard yeah. and summoning summoning dragons like a dork. Yep. Um, but but yeah, I thought it was um, I was pretty good, honestly. Like um, I enjoy magic. Yep. Uh, you know, its effect on my wallet aside, uh, I I'm a big fan of the way magic works. I like collectible card games. I like card games in general, and this is this is one that seems to sort of uh, fit that niche while also not being one that's combative. Um, you know, it's there's not a lot of if it's in the same sort of realm as kind of a dominion t- type thing where, you know, it's pretty relaxed. You're just sort of doing your thing and making more stuff and building things and getting dragons and turning those into points. So it, it has a neat little balance of, of these different aspects, which is I think is pretty cool. And according to the according to Board Game Geek, it <laughs> once you know what you're doing, caveat, uh, the, the game plays in about four to six rounds, which is relatively quick. Um, I will tell you that our first definitely the first game certainly did not go for <laughs> to six rounds <laughs> yeah. i think it went for about double that um but of course we were uh faffing about and had no idea what the hell we were doing um learning on the fly is what yeah, we call that's, it that's what we're all about <laughs> it's a it was a good one I, I i enjoyed it i don't know that i would run out and pick it up as i like i too have always had a um, love and a fascination with collectible card games like magic the gathering i've Played a lot of a lot of that. Played a lot of Hearthstone, um, digital Magic: The Gathering. Again, it it like it's it's good. What I can what I'm concerned about with Res Arcana is similar to Seasons. Once you've played it a handful of times, like Tom said, you will have seen a majority of the cards. You'll kind of have a you'll have like certain strategies revolving around certain cards and when when like you know the stars don't align properly it just kind of you're just like ah well that's kind of a bummer um but the deck is small so the chance of that happening is very minimal it's it's a good game it's a it's a good game if i had to put a number on this thing i would give it a seven uh i know that there's a bunch of expansions in that to it at least according to board game geek uh which is great um my recommendation is if you're a, a fan of Stuff like Magic the Gathering or Summoner Wars or Hearthstone or any of that sort of stuff. Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, Pokemon cards, I guess. Um, that you. Where, where are you going with this? Well, just like <laughs> just, pe- people hey, who just are, listing out card games. Yeah, like well, people who are into collectible card games will, will probably get something out of this. We'll probably see. Oh yeah, yeah an enjoyment yeah. in Res Arcana. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I don't know what kind of legs this would have at my house. Uh. It's a weird one because it's it it is nice because it fits a niche of like it's a card game that's not just like dueling, 
Um, you, you know, so, well, what I mean is like, you know, magic is great, but unless you're playing commander, right? Like yeah. playing with more than two people is just a fucking mess. Yep. Um, and I mean, playing commander with four people plus is like the whole point is that it's a huge mess. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, this is, this is good. I don't know in the real world. I don't think I'd pick this up. Like, I just don't think it has a, has a place for me. If I had it, I'd probably keep it around. It's pretty cool. The illustrations are nice. The theme is, you know, on point with my interests, uh, re- relevant, uh, relevant to my life, uh, uh you know, as a, as a druid, no, um, and um, yeah, it, it's, it was pretty fun, uh, and it you know it scratches that itch. And if you're not looking to sink a bunch of money into playing magic, then it's pretty much the a, a good way to go. Um, playing online was fine, um, made it fast, quick, easy to learn, sort of. I mean, you didn't have to, you didn't screw anything up. Yeah. Now, like, would I play this over just hopping onto Magic Arena, like Magic the Gathering Arena? I don't know. Like, because that's on, also depends free. on access to cards, though, right? Because I mean, like with Magic the Gathering Arena, you have to invest so much into getting cards in order to play. Yeah, I mean, they they seem to hand you stuff a lot. So that's true. Like, I mean, if you're just fooling around, I mean, right. if you're trying to get like into it, and yeah. you're like, yeah, then I then I get it for sure. Like, there is no there is no ceiling to the amount of money you could spend on magic. So but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I'd, if you're like this kind of thing, yeah, check it out. Um, probably not for me though. Um, but if I did have it, I'd probably keep it around just because it is it is fairly novel in the in what it does. All right, next one up. I, th- I think I think realistically we have uh, probably two more, maybe a third one we could sneak in there. So all right, all I'm right. just, I'm just going to keep going down the list of stuff that we did, and uh, the next, especially because the next game. Spoiler alert! This is probably like my surprise favorite. This is the sleeper hit of the evening. It, it yeah, really sure. was the sleeper hit of the evening. Um, we're talking about a how many players is this supposed to be? Two to four. A two to four player game called, from from originally from two thousand and seven called Marrakesh. Marrakesh. Yeah. Marrakesh. M a r r a k e c h. Marrakesh. Which. I think is spelt differently than the city in Morocco. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. No, yeah, it is. The city in Morocco is M-A-R-R-A-K-E-S-H, and this is M-A-R-R-A-K-E-C-H. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not. Maybe I'm there's not, a. I'm not well versed in this language, so you're, you're on your own here. And yet. Grasping at straws. Oh, no, okay, okay, sorry. Apparently, according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, uh, it is just an, it, it just depends on where you live in the world. Some people spell it with a C, some people spell it with an S. Um, okay. therefore it, it is that city that everyone, er, that everyone knows, right? Everybody. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're all super familiar. Anyway, uh, I've got the description up here in Marrakesh. Each player takes the role of a rug salesperson who tries to outwit the competition. Each player starts with 10 coins and an equal number of carpets on your turn. You may rotate Assam 90 degrees, then roll the die and move him forward as many spaces as showing on the D six. There's one, two twos, two threes, and a four. If Assam reaches the edge of the board, follow the curve and continue moving in the next row. If Assam lands on another player's carpet, you must pay that player one coin per square showing that is contiguous with the landed on square. Then you may place one of your carpets orthogonally adjacent to Assam, but may not directly overlay another carpet. The game ends when all players have played all carpets. Each gets one coin per visible square. The player with the most coins wins. I friggin' love this game. (laughs) 
like it's it's so stupid like that i that i enjoy this as much as it is as i do yeah i i don't know like looking at how the components look on like in real life i don't know i don't know how well this would work in reality because like it looks like they're cl- actual cloth pieces that you're putting down which is which is pretty great that is so but also good. would be a huge i feel like that would be a huge mess at some point um but yeah combining like how weird the game is along with just like you have to go look at the way this pawn looks it just looks so so weird and basically you're just moving this little dude around so on your turn you rotate him you you roll the die and you move him along and then you stick a carpet down and that's all you do the entire game is just you bullying this poor man to go put carpets down on the board that's so it so good it's so good i like it's it's terrible in the sense that like you know they have this little pawn and it's this little wooden pawn man this little this little man shaped wooden pawn with a little mustache and a cape and a fez and you're like walking him around the board and i don't even know how many times we ended up playing this but it was quite a few and like all you're doing even at two players you're you're like sitting here like bumping this dude around and like trying to cover up each other's carpets so that your carpet is on top it is so simple basic fun like and again it, it like involves this die and normally that's something i would i would be really against but i just i just don't care when when we when we when we were playing this game like i couldn't care less about the die i was having so much fun bumping this little dude around this game is excellent and it and again it, it's as fast or as slow as you kind of want to make it like you know you just walk around and and place your carpets and blah 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 like it plays two to four players i think that you would be like I, we're, i'm just flipping through some of the pictures and on board game geek right now and people have made their own like custom versions which are larger and um and this thing looks wicked i big fan big fan of this game yeah i mean like it looks like a little bit of a pain in the ass to play so i think a like a larger version would be good but online it worked out really well um although it, it was funny because like i didn't realize that this is what the components look like because we were joking part way through because it was just you and i that's right just like constantly laying <laughs> carpets over top of each other we were joking that it must be a real pain in the ass for this poor dude to like have to you know box jump three feet in the air <laughs> to be able to land on this giant stack of carpets <laughs> that we had just sort of piled up in the middle of this room and like how, how much of a nightmare we we're making this this poor dude's job uh but yeah it was it's a really fun like stupid little game like i don't i don't know what, like i don't want to say stupid because it's 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 pretty refined like i guess there's there's nothing there's nothing um there's nothing dumb about it it's just it's a silly game where you're just like booping this dude around and like hassling him to slap carpets down and basically just you and your friends passive aggressively like laying shit down on top of each other like eh? <laughs> you get the <laughs> Like try, it's interesting because you are trying to maneuver it in such a way that there's just like large swaths of your colors hanging around. You do get like I think in the two player game, I don't know if it's different with all the other ones, but like you get two colors to play with. So you also have to deal with like sometimes it's your turn and you just don't get the one that you want to put down. But that's like the way I, it goes. I think that's only in the two the two player game. I think I my my understanding again from from some very brief, very rapid research as we talk 
uh, is that um, in the two-player game, each player just takes two players worth of carpets. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense, because you wouldn't have enough if you only had one player's worth of carpets. And then if there was, if each player got twice as many carpets to put down, it would just be complete anarchy. So that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, honestly, like I thought it was going to be a nightmare and thought it was a nightmare as we started playing it. And as we started like booping this poor dude around, like slapping carpets down, it was actually like pretty fun, pretty fun little game. So so what, I, what I'm hearing is that we need to collectively go by... Um, 40 so 10 so four by 10 like four foot by two foot carpets and come up with some sort of big grid yeah get like a get like an an indoor playground sized like hall that we can go and just like slap carpets down in real life is that what you're talking about yes exactly it's a seven by seven it's a seven square by seven square grid with each so if we got if we got carpets i mean each square would be two feet so you know we need uh 14 feet by 14 feet. That's not terrible. And a shitload of carpets. Who are we going to pay to be the one to actually schlep these things around? Because, like, we'd need somebody to sort of just walk around and then we'd, I don't know, pull the carpet to them. Or do they have to get, grab the carpet? Like, That's a good question. I don't know. Send them off to go. <laughs> I don't want to haul these damn things around the whole time. Yeah. I mean, th- this sounds, this sounds excellent. This is, this has potential. Um, so if you want to, if you want to do this, like, uh, if you want to make this a CrossFit gym, you just make all the carpets weighted and then <laughs> just have everybody drag these fuckers around. That's right. Instead, instead of carpets, we just use like weighted blankets. Or plywood. Or plywood. <laughs> this this game, like I said, of, of all the games we played, this one surprised me the most. I picked it because I was like, oh, it's Marrakesh. Like, this has got to be cool, right? And then I was reading about it. And I'm like, you take the role of a rug salesperson? Like, what? <laughs> and, and so, okay, we got, we got to play this. Like, I, I kind of, in a way, I kind of picked it as like a troll pick. Um yeah, yeah, so I know you did. the shit out of me. I love this game. This game again, like blew me away. Great game. Great game. So, what's your uh you got a score eight for and it half. or eight and a half. This oh, game wow. was excellent. I I am this is another one that like I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm looking at at some of the pricing options like it's it's showing up on eBay and stuff like that. A little bit higher than what I would want to pay for it. I have a feeling yeah. that it's probably like one of those out of print games that people are are just like, oh, well, I have a copy and I know that, you know, if you if you want it, you're going to have to, you know, pay the pay the the iron price for it, you know, something like this. So it's uh, I, I don't know if I'd be willing to spend the prices that are up on eBay, which I mean, I'm not even going to share because they're just exorbitant. Uh, but I'm seeing one on Amazon where it's just like fifty three dollars. I mean, that. That I probably would be okay with, depending on how big it is. But I mean, at the same time, like I, I, I'm just, I'm thinking about how do I get my hands on ten two foot by four foot carpets of the same color <laughs> times four different colors. So if you're if you're a carpet producer and you listen to the show, um, get you at just me. Have <laughs> just have some extras lying around. That yeah, you don't if need. you if you have some extra carpets that you're looking to offload on the cheap, and you can cut them to about two feet by four feet. Um, you, you, you know how to get at me. <laughs> and if you don't, we'll uh, tell you at the end of the show. I would almost, if this was like lying around, I'd probably, you know, consider like, yeah, you know, it was pretty good. I don't know if it was like 50 bucks good, but it was like a, a pretty decent time. And yeah, if you could like make your own, that would probably be, you know, the best.
best way to do it. Uh, and if I had it, like, I don't think I'd get rid of it. It's pretty charming. It's a, it's a fun time. It's nice and quick and easy, painless, pretty, pretty funny. Just a little, just booping this poor bastard around, making him put carpets down. It's pretty fun. All right. All right. Perfect. We got, uh, one, two, two. We can do, we do one quick one. And then I think we're going to end with, uh, okay. I got it. I got it. So the next game, the next game we'll talk about another two player game. Um, this one was this one was all about going on expeditions, glorious, increasingly increasing number expeditions. You're talking about lost cities. We are talking about game? lost cities. All right. First published in in 1999. Wow. Yeah, that's so old. It is. I'm I'm looking at this one called Lost Cities, the board game. I'm wondering if that's the wrong one now. I think that that was just a. I think that that was just like a, a version 2.0 or like a second printing because it's the exact same cover. Um. Oh, it looks almost the exact same. Yeah, I, I think just that they a, just has a different board on it. Mm, anyway, oh, it is too. That's interesting. Oh, first published. Okay, no. This, so this is it's a redevelopment of Lost Cities. Good lord, what an absolute debacle! Yeah. All right, I found I found the one that we played online. Yeah, I have it as well. All right, Lost Cities is a card game in the Cosmos two-player series. The game originally consisted of a single deck of cards ranked two to ten in five different colors with three special handshakes in each suit. But as of 2019, the game now includes six color suits, with the six color being optional for gameplay. A game board is included to organize discarded cards and help players organize their card collections. Well, that didn't tell me fucking anything. <laughs> the object of the game is to gain points by mounting profitable archaeological expeditions to the different sites represented by the colored suits of cards. On a player's turn, they must play one card either to an expedition or by discarding it to the color appropriate discard pile. Then draw one card either from the deck or from the top of a discard pile. Cards played to the expeditions must be in ascending order, but they need not be consecutive. Handshakes are considered lower than a 2 and represent investments in an expedition. Thus, if you play a red 4, you may play any other red card higher than a 4 on a future turn, but may no longer play a handshake, the 2 or the 3. Oh my god, this is so long. This is just the actual like. This is just how to how to do the whole thing. Oh, perfect. Well, carry, carry on because we're we're there. The game continues in this fashion with players alternating turns until the final card is taken from the deck. The rest of the cards in hand are then discarded and players score their expeditions. Each expedition that has at least one card played into it must be scored. Cards played into an expedition are worth their rank and points, and handshakes count as a multiplier against your final total. One handshake doubles an expedition's value, while two handshakes triple that value, and three handshakes quadruple it. Expeditions start at a value of negative 20, so you must play at least 20 points of cards into an expedition in order to make a profit. If you are left with a negative value and have a handshake, the multiplier still applies. A 20-point bonus is awarded to every expedition with at least 8 cards played into it. A complete game of Lost Cities lasts 3 matches, with scores for each match being added together. Uh, there's also like some scoring examples because yeah, the scoring in this, as you may have heard, is fucking bananas. Because everybody, you basically constantly start in the negatives, and it's hilarious if you're sitting there trying to play this game on board game arena, not really knowing how the scoring works, and just watching your score just tank every time you play a card. You're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, it's th- this was another one that we <clears throat> we learned it live, and. Uh... Not the best way to learn no. Lost Cities, by the way. I mean, I definitely came around on this one. We played it a few times. The first time was a an absolute mess. I think, like, by the end of the first <laughs> round, I was at, like, negative 100 and something. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what I'm doing. This is not great. Um, but then, you know, we, we kind of took a bit of time, figured it out, 
second game was a lot better. We both ended up in the positive digits, which was lovely. Um, but, but let me tell you, it is certainly unnerving when you are playing on Board Game Geek and it just like, er, er, sorry, Board Game Arena, and it's automatically tabulating your score as you go and you play a card and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, you have minus 30. And you're like, what, 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 <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Um, but then it it slowly comes around and gets up into the positives. Um, yeah, this one, I'm... I'm pretty lukewarm on it. Like it's a, it's fine. It's a good game. I don't know that I, that I'm really, it, it didn't like for a two player game, especially like just going straight up, comparing it to apples to apples. It's like, would you rather play lost cities? Would you rather play Jaipur? I will take Jaipur probably 10 out of 10 times, nine out of 10 times. Um, it, it, it was a, it was good, but just yeah. not great. Well, and it was like even playing it the second time, like part of the problem with this game is that you you have to either discard something, probably like a high value card, like right off the bat, or you play a high value card into one of your things, right? Like you either have to go into on an expedition or you have to get rid of the card, right? That's the only way that the game progresses. So the first couple of turns that you take every round feel absolutely miserable when you're playing this because you're like... You either have, sorry, miserable if you have the wrong cards, I mean, because if you if you have everything lining up nice, then there's no problem. Like if you've got the two, the three, the four and the five and the ten of blue or something like you just have a bunch of blue, you're off to the races. But if you have just a bunch of like high numbers in like random shit, you're basically sitting there not sure whether you should throw it out, which is a risk because I don't know what Adam has. And so he might just scoop that up and, and take it and run with it and get a bunch of points. Or I stick it into one of my expeditions and probably lose a bunch of points because I just stuck the eight down on the red. And like, I don't know if I'm going to get the eight and the 10 or sorry, the nine and the 10. Uh, so I might just end up with negative 12 points at the end of the day, right? Like, there are parts of this game that are just, I don't know, they're just not very fun to do, whereas I don't get that when I'm playing, you know, Jaipur. Yeah. Everything you do in Jaipur is you gathering something up, and at least it can be useful for something later, even if it's just a fucking shitload of camels, right? Whereas in here, you know, it is a difficult decision whether you're going to do something that you think is going to benefit the other person or might screw you so there is like a good risk-taking element but some of it was just not very fun to try because it just ended up feeling like you were hosing yourself um and yeah it's just it's not as not as exciting i think and i mean it seems weird that a game about exploring the unknown is you know less exciting than trading camels around but here we are um so yeah i I definitely agree with your assessment like for a two-player only game i would play jaipur over this yeah yeah and and i mean like at at the end of the day like it's a it's a reiner knizia game and i i tend to like a lot of what he does like i I like a lot of his designs this one just really didn't do it for me um which i mean that that's fine like i mean not all of them are gonna land um it (laughs) And and again, I think I think especially because like we played Lost Cities in this like during the same play session, like we just like we're doing in this episode, we kind of did the the rapid fire round where it was just like, you know what, let's just play a bunch of different games over a smattering of hours. And and, you know, like some of them are going to be good and some of them are not going to be good looking at you, Dice Tomatoes. But 
you know, like we're, we're just going it, to, it'll give us a reasonable and very apples to apples comparison where it's like, you know what? I played Jaipur. It was a two player only game. We played Lost Cities. It's a two player only game. At the end of the day, which of these two games, it, it, it makes it really easy to kind of compare and be like, you know, if, if I'm going to sit down for a two player game and I only have time to play one of the two games, which one am I going to go to? And in this situation, it happens to be Jaipur. And I mean, maybe that's an unfair comparison because, you know, Jaipur is is known as being this this incredibly well done two player game. But I mean, that's this is where we're at. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm on team Jaipur. So yeah, it's also it's also funny that you can just get like huge negative scores, uh, which, yeah. which I appreciate. I appreciate, but the scoring was a bit bananas with this one, which I was like, Ugh, I don't know, it was it was kind of weird. Anyway, I, I mean, at the end of the day, like this one uh, for for me, like I I, I just want to give this thing like a a six. Like, would I would I ever really like if someone if someone was like, hey, you know, I got a copy of Lost Cities, would you like to play around or two? I'd, I'd, I'd almost assuredly say yes. I'd be like, yeah, sure. You know, let's, let's do it. I'm, I'm not like, I'm not opposed to playing Lost Cities, but if it's, if someone came up to me and said, Hey, you know, we, we, we have time to play this two player game. You know, I, I have Lost Cities or I have Jaipur or, or some other two player game. Um, I, I would be leaning probably, I would likely lean to the other game unless it was killer or what is it? Not killer bunnies. Uh, Unstable unicorns, Ugh. in which case, fuck that shit. We're playing Lost Cities all day as opposed to unstable <laughs> unicorns. Oh, God, that'd be miserable with two people. Anyway, yes. um, yeah, I agree. I, I, I thought this was... I thought it was good. Like, it's a solid design. I just don't think it's particularly exciting. wasn't, like, lighting me on fire. I wouldn't turn it down. Um, I don't think I'd go out to get it. Uh, If I had it, uh, I'm on the fence. I mean, I'm not usually one to chuck stuff out as long as it's good. But, I mean, this is pretty pretty on the fence for me. And I'm sure, like, with the kids, I could probably find some redeeming quality for it uh, in terms of just teaching them how to play stuff. So, I'd probably keep it around if I had it, but like right now I'm not in the I'm not in the market for this one for sure. Okay. Drum roll, please. The final game in our lightning round. We're gonna talk about one more two player game. Um because it's because that's that just seems to be the uh, the I don't know, the theme of, of what we were doing, because there's only the two of us. Get it? Two players, two player games, it's brilliant. I think I think they got which one which what the hell are you I don't, I don't know. Which well there's have? there's two two player games left. Uh one one starts with an N, one starts with a J. Why don't you pick one of the two of them and we'll talk about it. Which one starts with a J? Uh, Jekyll versus Hyde or Nanga oh, okay. Parbat. <laughs> uh, we can talk about it. Let's, let's, let's do Jekyll versus Hyde. I think that's the one that we actually played. Yep, sounds good. Jekyll versus Hyde is two-player trick-taking. Very, very weird. Jekyll versus Hyde is a trick-taking game for two players based on the famous novella Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. As Dr. Jekyll, you'll need to resist Mr. Hyde's fierce attacks in order to protect your mind and keep the secret of your dual nature. As Mr. Hyde, your goal is to dominate Dr. Jekyll to overcome his identity. One player is Dr. Jekyll, the other is Mr. Hyde. The game is played in three rounds. At the end of each round, Dr. Jekyll's identity will progressively disappear under Mr. Hyde's relentless attacks. 
Compare the number of tricks that each player has won in this round and subtract the lowest score from the highest one. This result indicates by how many spaces the identity marker will move to Mr. Hyde's side. Evil is relentless. Even if Dr. Jekyll won more tricks than Mr. Hyde, the marker will progress towards Mr. Hyde's side. As Dr. Jekyll, your goal is to keep balance without giving in to darkness. If the marker reaches the last space in the track, then Mr. Hyde instantly wins the game. Otherwise, start a new round. Remove the three colored tokens from the board and reshuffle all cards, including the five cards that you set aside at the beginning of the round. Mr. Hyde wins as soon as the identity marker reaches the last space of the identity track. If the marker did not reach the end of the track after three rounds, then Dr. Jekyll wins, escaping from Mr. Hyde's dark influence. This game is... It plays the same as every other trick-taking game pretty much on the planet, except that it has three colors. Yes. The the cards go from one to seven, and the suits are not set until you play the first couple rounds. So green is the same as red, is the same as purple, until it is decided that they're not. <laughs> Which is the most interesting part of the game, because like, so we're starting our first our first round. I play the one of green, and Adam plays the six or whatever that will put the green marker down as the first marker on the track, which means that it is the lowest suit in the game. Lowest rank for that round. If the next one is we play reds. So we'll do, we'll do a round of red. Doesn't really matter who wins. That will mean that red is better than green, which means by default, purple is better than red. So in this way, you are then setting up this sort of like weird uh, amalgam of, hearts and spades and but also like you're changing these suits there's also magic potions which are hanging around which depending on which suit it is that wins the trick that has these potions the potions are kind of wild kind of um in that they are there's like three potions in the game there's like a five plus a six plus and a seven plus and what that means is that if i play a potion of a five plus that means that adam has to play something of six or higher to be able to win the trick if he does that or depending on what color he plays will have an effect on what kind of potion gets activated. And these are different depending on the, the colors of the tricks that you that you take. So if he takes it doing green or plays a green and I win it, it does something different than if he had played a red. Doesn't show here right off the bat what the fuck they were. Um, it shows them in like weird hieroglyphics on the tokens. And so in this way, it's just a, it's a pretty basic trick taking game, except these like these couple of elements between the potions and the like variability in the suits really inject a lot of just absolute chaos into the whole scenario. I found it okay. It was kind of fun, but like the fact that the suits were always changing really fucked with my head. Um, and made it quite difficult to figure out what the hell I was doing. And I wasn't sure if that was just me being an idiot or if that was, uh, you know, a flaw with the game. Um, but it was something that was definitely keeping me from enjoying it because I felt like the whole thing with trying to figure out what the suits were really made the rest of your round either go great or go terrible. And if you messed it up at the, at the first part, like you're basically your whole hand was done. I agree with that. Um, it's like what one thing that I did like about 
uh, Jekyll versus Hyde is that like every 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 hand like not not even every round, but just every single play like the tension was relatively high. I mean, there were points where it would dip down a little bit, usually close to the end of the game where you're looking at your hand. And you're like, oh, well, shit, I either have really high cards. So there's a, a really good chance I'm going to be able to win this or, oh, I only, I only have like low cards, which means that I'm probably hooped. Um, but it like it, it feels like you're you're constantly playing. It feels like you're playing a two player game of spades. And you're both going nil. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like you're just, you're it's, but, but in this, in the sense that, that like, and I only say that, but I mean like that level of like focus and that level of like, okay, I need to really think about what I play here. Um, yeah. Not, not in the sense that you're actively trying to not take tricks because that's just not going to happen. You want, you want the tricks. Exactly. Yes. Sure. And in fact, you want all the tricks. Um, so I guess maybe, maybe that's more like playing hearts and trying to collect everything. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Well, it, it is interesting. Cause like, I think one thing that escaped me that I'm only realizing now reading the overview is the person. So the person who is playing as, uh, Mr. Hyde, the, the bad one yes, wants as many tricks as they can get. But like the other person is actually trying to match the number. Cause it's the highest number minus the lowest number. It's not, it's not your tricks minus my tricks means you move. Oh, it's if if I end up taking all the tricks, then you also get to move. Okay, well this this changes everything. Yeah, so it's even more complicated than what you're saying. It's not like trying to just gather as many as humanly possible. Like that is what you did because you kept winning. Yeah, <laughs> but Fair. like it it also seems like what I was doing was not correct either because I just kept trying to win tricks. When really I should have been shooting for more of a balance of winning four and four every single time kind of thing. Man, that is genius. Yeah. And then and then you like you add in like those those potion cards. Like there's four cards that are I guess they're not potions, poisons, maybe. Anyways, there, there's like four yeah. four cards that are that are like a they're they have pluses besides them. So it'd be like two plus, three plus, four plus, and five plus. So it counts as like two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, five and a half, which completely screw everything up. And then if you win with a potion, depending. So when you play a potion, if you lead a potion, you get to like call a color. And so then the other player has to has to like play that color if possible. And then the winner or if you win with the potion, then you get to do something based on what color it is, which is like, yeah, or it's yeah. Steal it, that two was tricks the part from that, your opponent or, or clear the colors or. Yeah. It seemed like if you won with the potion, then you got to do the thing. Or was it that if you won the trick that had the potion, you got to do the thing. I wasn't yeah, super clear on that. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's more clarity. Once again, I'm, I, I see that there's a bunch of like rules videos and stuff like that. Like I will direct you to those for kind of the, the more, <laughs> For people who actually know what the hell they're doing, yeah, yeah. Like, if, if you want to, if you want to, like, delve deeper into this, um, with a with an understanding of that, it's it's like X minus Y, and not just and not yeah, and not and not just like you know number of hide tricks minus number of Jekyll tricks. Where if the Jekyll is is higher than the hide, then it's just zero. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Now, now that I understand that it's it's more of a balance. This this really takes on a whole different hmm. It's quite good now. This this this, this actually like, like it's not that I disliked it before. Might have to try it again, huh? 
I, I am absolutely interested in trying it again. I'm I'm gonna like my 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 rating was going to be like a six and a half. With this new information, it this piques my interest greatly. And I'm gonna give this a seven for now, but I will put the caveat out there that I would like to reassess this soon. And and I and I and we'll we'll put like an addendum into one of our video one of our videos one of our our podcasts in the in the future coming up here soon. Yeah, I mean, I was also kind of lukewarm on this, but I I mean, I thought it was pretty serviceable. You know, it was a fun little trick taking game. The potions were bonkers, so yeah, that made it kind of hard. And yeah, just thinking about like because I thought it was like you say, you know, uh, high diverse hide minus uh, Jekyll tricks kind of thing uh i I thought it was like okay well if i get dealt a bad hand then i'm just screwed but you know if it is a balance more than anything then that makes it a little bit different so i agree i think we should probably give it another rip um as it stands like you know either way i can't imagine myself being like ah gotta get this because i mean at this point we're just basically playing with decks of cards so um yeah but i mean i had a fun time with it yeah just exploring what was kind of uh kind of there and i mean i do like trick-taking games so um yeah it it was interesting i guess we'll just have to see before i make some sort of final decision on it so yeah i definitely you know i like i like i said right was i I was getting you know it's a it's a tentative seven but i i can see this going up after i after i play it more with this newfound knowledge um because i I can see this all of a sudden like opening up a whole new level of complexity and a whole new level of strategy. And that, that like just the thought of that really, really kind of excites me. All right. And that's it. We're done. All right. Well, if this kind of episode excites you, then you can do us a favor and like, and subscribe and, you know, share it around and uh, give us five stars on iTunes, that sort of thing. Um, Thank you again so much for listening. If you have any sort of constructive feedback that you want to fire us, you can uh, hit us up at uh, collapsinggameshelf at gmail.com or you can use Twitter at CGS Podcast and you can find me on Twitter at Team Rage Tom. You can catch me on social media at For the Win, F O R T H E W H Y N. You can also catch Debbie on social media um, at Mrs. Win. That's M R S W H Y N. She still has um, probably another six to eight weeks of schooling left doing this like program that she's taking for her work. Um, so we might be able to like get her involved, but don't, don't hold your breath. If you're here for, for Debbie's input exclusively, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's just going to be a little <laughs> while longer. Um, also, if you're interested in barbecue FTW barbecue and bakery on Facebook, um, yeah, things are, things are going well. It's, uh, we're coming, we're getting ever closer to, um, stampede time here in Calgary, which is like our big kind of equivalent of a state fair. Um, so, you know, the, we're the cowboy, the cowboy in Western culture is, is starting to ramp up around here and, and I got food for oh, you. God. Yeah. I, that's the good part. Yeah. 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 I mean, the food's good. The, the like weekend cowboys are maybe not, not the best, but <laughs> what can you do? The number of people that dress up, they've never even seen a farm. Like, come on. That's true. Like, yeah. 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 And then they, then they like buy the brand new boots to wear them for the 10 days of stampede and their feet just end up swollen and bloodied and ugh. blistered. It's just, ugh. you know, like long story short, if you're going to go to a, to a Western 
a Western fair and you want to wear boots, like buy them secondhand or something because they take time break to break them in, in first. Yeah, yeah. Huh. All right. Well, thank you again so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll be back at you next week with something fun. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.